Zay Smallman here with part three of my conversation with Johnny Bear about whether to blow up rollers, the movie I'm directing, and make it at a higher budget. So far, despite his best efforts, he's done nothing but convince me to stick with my gut and uh, give up my precious start date and see how this goes. But we will see what this final conversation yields. I guess we'll do it that way as presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, I'm excited about this one, guys. Here's episode 19. Here we are. Okay, John. First thing. What's going first. on? You told me that you saw A Star is Born. Uh, I did indeed. I and did you indeed. told me to see A Star is Born, and I didn't. Oh, no. I know. I was going to go last night. I got really tired. I had a lot of work to do. I decided not to go. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlie, what are you doing, bud? Also, can you not crinkle too much? Kelly's crinkling lots of mm. things. Um, you guys obviously didn't see A Star is Born. John, tell me A Star is Born is <laughs> worth seeing or not worth seeing. Just tell me something about it. Be honest. If you liked it, it's okay to say so. You don't have to be a hater. Well, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I was okay. surprised. I went into it thinking it was going to be, you know, some Hollywood pablum. Yep. And I was... Uh, Can you define was, pablum, please? You know, like bullcrap. Like, can you spell it? Trite pablum, P-A-B-L-U-M. Can you use it in a sentence? I think I just did. That's why you asked me about it. Mm, that, touche. Okay. Okay. So, I, you know, I was expecting it to be just bland. Yeah, sure. And it was moving, man. I mean, um, mm. I was moved. My life partner was moved. We were We were surprised, both of us. I'm trying to listen to you talking about how you're moved, and Kelly's over here snapping photos with our producers, the dogs, oh, no. Charlie and oh, all of them, no. with the sound effects, with the sound effects on her phone on. It was like, are you married to a 75 year old? I know. I'm like, oh, you don't know how to put your phone on silent. Does she only take video in portrait mode? Oh, for sure. And also, she usually does it with her iPad. Hmm. Yikes. She says, that's a lie. All right, babe, no joke, though. Um, the producers, I need them back, and I need you to either hit the road or shut your trap. Sorry. Oh, you guys need to, <laughs> need to go see Stars Born. Yo, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you got a life partner, take them to go see the movie. I really uh-huh. can't wait because Lady Gaga is just Late. absurdly talented. Lady Gaga, I was skeptical at first, but she won <laughs> me over. She won me over, my dude. I was... She- uh, did you, did you listen to her music with Tony Bennett? No, no, no. I've never. I don't think his I name, ever correct? heard her. Yeah, yeah. You got it. They made an album together. It's very, um, very good. Apparently, it's good. I have not heard it. I'm excited. Her- I just really am going to go. John, how did that scene live up where he rolls the window down? Oh. And he's like, he's like, oh, I just just want to get another look at you. How does he say it? Like, can you do uh, it? Yeah, I can do it. He goes. Uh, <clears throat> he goes. Uh, he rolls the window down as Gaga walks away. It's like. Hey. Yeah? <clears throat> Nothing. Just want to get another look at you. <laughs> That's incredible, John. Yeah, go see the John, movie, I got folks. a roll. I got a roll for you if you're interested. I've been begging. It's the I have um, been begging. It's the, it's the well, I'm going to need you to self-tape Okay. And uh, send me. I'm gonna send you some sides, and uh, if you could send me a little audition. Yeah, if you could define these words first. But yeah, um, okay. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get you in there, John. And if you beat everybody else out, you're gonna get the role. I'm not gonna tell you which role it is. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of secrecy around this this particular movie. That's why we're doing this podcast because we're just trying to keep everything under wraps if possible, so mm. no one knows anything about it. Mm. Speaking of secrecy, <laughs> John, I feel like I owe everyone an update about whether or not this movie is actually going to get made or not. Mm. So I set out with the challenge last episode of having you convince me to make this movie on February 4th of 2019 for the budget that I've already raised. And, and how did I do? <laughs> how did I do? Well, how do you think you did? How, how, how do you think that episode ended? Um, I don't think I convinced you or myself of anything, but I think we left it, uh, it was a sort of sleep on it type situation. Yeah. And, and now that I have made my decision, I committed to making my decision within like four or five days. I have now made a decision. You have. Yeah. John, take a guess. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, you didn't see the movie. I didn't see A Star is Born. You didn't because that really would have affected, uh your decision. I Ooh. really believe that. I really do. Ooh, wow. What do you think <laughs> yep. it would have said? To be honest, I don't know. It's not that specific. I it's um you know, it's open-ended. The message is is it's for anybody in any situation. You know, it is about art essentially. The entire movie is just about the artistic process and relationships, right? Hmm. I love that. And that sounds you're like my going kind of movie. Yes, you're going through this right now. I think it, it it's not that the movie would tell you something, but it would stir up emotions inside of you that you would then explore and mm. then come to a, maybe a more informed decision about this. I really oh, think that. Not to sound I can't corny, wait. but No, 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 I can't wait. That's um, that to me is is one of the definitions I think of what makes a movie successful. I mean, if mm-hmm. it actually stirs things that deeply in you, that's exceptionally difficult and it's a really wonderful experience you know mm-hmm. yeah that's not well, to real say quick. the movie's not without flaws i don't want to get stuck on the movie oh, of course uh, of okay. course well john back listen really quick though let's go back to the goal why am i even questioning this right i think it would right. be worth rehashing that i'm questioning this right because i have been setting out on this mission to make this movie for for a very small budget um and I am committed, as we discussed last week, to making a very, very good movie, if possible. I'm, I'm at le- I, I don't know that I will, but I am not interested in preemptively giving myself excuses for not making a really, really, really good movie. Okay? Mm, I just think it's cool that your position on this changed because when we first talked like, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago and mm-hmm. you were kind of thinking about movies, you were like, you know, I want to – I just want to make a really bad movie. Just one <laughs> really bad one. And I well, was like, well, okay. man, you know, that's your journey, bro. I Okay, okay. I'm glad uh, we're finally here. Obviously, I never said that. But <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is I want to make – I think a lot of people are like, well, it's my first movie. I just got to make it. That is not sure. my approach. Okay. My approach Fair is enough. my favorite directors, many of them made movies that low budget or not are still watched and are still considered to be of excellent quality. There are plenty Add of Bradley other people. Bradley Cooper to that list for A Star oh is Born. Oh my gosh, geez. See, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe I need my first movie to be like a $30 million yeah, movie yeah. with Lady Gaga 
Mm. And I just need to wait. No, but so the, the question I was asking is, John, I actually, I found a really, I, somebody somebody uh, was talking about my cousin Emily, our cousin Emily was talking about how she felt after she watched um, uh, Alfonso Caron's new movie, Roma, mm. which looks amazing. I think you're Fancy really going to like it. I think there's a lot of Fellini influences. Anyway, she said that after that movie ended, she wanted to run through a brick wall. And I thought... That is t- a perfect image for how I feel after I watch my favorite kinds of movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You just feel like you have all of this energy pent up inside you, and you just want to run through a brick, brick wall. Now, that's not to say that there aren't the, – the different things can inspire that. Sad movies can inspire that. Exciting adventure movies can inspire that. Romance movies can inspire that. You know what I mean? But yeah, there are a lot of movies that are decent especially a lot of low budget indie movies. I'm just making kissy faces at my boo mm. cuz I feel bad about telling her to shut her trap. I feel bad too. She was crinkling really loudly though and did not need to have her phone not on silent. Mm. Anyway, the producers Charlie and Olive are they're napping. That's great. <laughs> I guess I'll just do, do this myself. Um the I want to make people I don't care basically what I'm trying to say John in terms of excuses obviously I never set out to make a bad movie but I'm also I think a lot of people do make a lot of excuses for themselves and say well I only have X number of dollars I only have access to X people I'm gonna make make it the best I can that's fine and I think that's a worthy goal in and of itself but I want to make people want to run through a brick wall I don't want to be like well I only have a small budget and I can't use Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, so I guess I just don't have to aim quite as high as something like A Star Is Born. And I think that's dumb. You know, I want to make a movie that I will be proud of forever, not because, not like with the caveat of like, well, it was my first movie. It's pretty good. It shows promise. It shows potential. I want to make a movie that's just downright good. You know, and what I was questioning is, do I have the resources and the and the skills and the time? at my disposal to make that movie versus a decent movie. Yeah. That was the question. And I would like to, I hope the answer, to be honest with you, I hope Mm -hmm. the answer is I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. Okay. What do you think the answer is? I think that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. So how'd I do? Well, I'm going to take you through a little bit of a journey, John. Uh-oh. I had many, many, many conversations. I think I talked about this in the last episode she with did. all the various stakeholders, including you and some other people who are not directly involved with the project. And I I think I I came to a conclusion, okay? Um I was I came to this conclusion on on uh, a Friday. And then uh, my wife and I and a couple good friends of ours went, uh, we found like a cheap, cool little Airbnb up in the mountains. Oh, yeah. Like two hours away. We just went away for the weekend because Kelly started a new job. We were just like, let's just do this. Let's get out of here. I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of thinking, sitting in front of a fireplace, just pondering. Mm. And um, uh, that conclusion was confirmed that I was going to, I am going to, this is my thought process at this point, mm. I am going to wait. And oh. I'm going to, I'm going to make the movie with more money. No, oh, no. Okay, but, so did you get 
um, did you get confirmation from the the people people? The so real that's people? the thing. These conversations were very, very positive, and the consensus was this movie, I think, from all of these people, the consensus was this movie is good enough to be made at a larger budget. That was the consensus. And are they going to pony up? Well, that was the next step. Now, I'm going to fast forward, okay? Mm. I committed to making a decision by Monday, the end of Monday, okay? It is now Monday at 8 p.m., okay? Mm -hmm. And I reveal where my head is at to my producer, Tara, who's been a part of this process. Shout out to Tara. Tara. Tara, there's a little foreshadowing. Before I was even, because last week was like, this episode was in progress, right? Like, this was not planned, okay? This is what I love about this show, is like, this is, the, this is how movies actually get made and actually die. Okay, mm. I'm having a conversation with Tara. Tara, props to Tara, basically says that I'm crazy. And, Why? and she says, specifically because she really started forcing me, Tara, and, and also props to Tiffany Boyle, who's one of my executive producers. Um, both of them were basically like, look, yes, the movie is absolutely good enough to make it a larger budget. But it's also, you're not far from being able to make the movie that you want to make. You're not 10 you're not 90% below that budget. You're yep. like barely below that budget. Now, a lot of this hinged on me being, frankly, very insecure about needing to cast. And I want to be sensitive about this because I don't place much value judgment on like who's famous or not. I honestly sure. don't give a crap about who's famous. But there is a practical concern right, about people with a certain level of knownness that equals money. But basically what they said is unless you're really really going to wait until like not bradley cooper but someone who's really really worth money at the box office is going to come along there's no point in casting people who are almost worth that and then inflating the entire budget by tenfold just to accommodate the entire movie around that type of actor these are some trustworthy like common sense having people right here. exactly and here's me? the thing here's the thing the other Where'd people i just want to give people i know they're amazing this is why this movie could actually be good because i actually have like a real team around me and so now i just want to say really quick that's not to say that the other people who were encouraging me did not also in some cases voice that opinion or create that narrative i think part of what i was dealing with was that the truth is and and honestly as i'm having these conversations with tara and tiffany mm. monday night I've already made up my mind. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Yeah, this is good advice, but sorry, guys. I guess you just don't see my vision, you know? Mm. And I guess you're just going to have to trust me. And I'm, and I'm, I, I started, and, and I want to say right now on the record, I started this process with a lot of questions. And I started this process thinking, I hope someone talks me out of blowing this movie up and making it bigger. Okay. I would say that I ended this process, if I'm honest feeling entitled to a larger movie right and that is not a place that i want to be i want i wanted to explore the possibility of making a larger movie because if i have the opportunity to make a larger movie and honestly if i can't make the movie i want to make for a reasonable budget then i almost have a duty to try to make it as a larger movie Mm -hmm. but the truth is 
I began to become entitled in an unhealthy way, okay? And I think Tara and Tiffany began to see that. And again, so this is not like a knock on anyone who was like, you should go for it. Because I think the way I was framing this whole narrative was a little bit, um, I don't want to say false. I think I was being honest throughout the entire thing. But like, I think I was creating a little bit of a false dichotomy in my mind where I was saying, if I can't make, yeah, if I can't make the absolute Mm -hmm. pinnacle version of this movie, then I shouldn't make it at all. And I think what I realized when I started getting very specific is that the only thing that scared me when I opened this conversation, the only thing that felt scary to me about making the smaller version was like primarily on, on the visual side, like the aesthetic side. I was thinking I can do this movie. I have a venue that I'm really excited about and I'm excited to talk about it sort of more publicly soon once we kind of get some more details, you know, but Mm. that seems like it's going to work. It's going to be cheap. Um, it's I mean, doable, I should say. It's not going to be like cheap, cheap, but it's going to be very doable within our within our range. Um, I'm excited about finding amazing up and coming actors who may not have been in a hundred thousand giant screens, but like ultimately are incredible actors who are going to really want to build uh, characters with me. I'm My really excited ears about are that. Burning. <laughs> I'm also excited about every other aspect of the thing that I've got. I'm excited about the kinds of music that I can pull together. I'm excited about all that kind of stuff. Now, mm. I may have sounded very negative on a lot of these things on uh, the the last recording, but I think that was in part because I was just trying to force myself to go through the paces of this. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I'm really just dragging this out. Point mm. is, I'm having this conversation with Tiffany and and, uh, and Tara. They're amazing. They're incredibly common sense. Uh, a few other sort of random things happen. For example, um, I was I had you remember Keith, the homeless guy. Um, yep. We still hang out sometimes. He was over taking a shower and he was hanging here. And I don't he was mean taking throw- a shower at your house. Yeah, yeah. I needed a shower anyway. He was over here, but we did not talk while he was in the shower. We talked after he took a shower because he was charging mm. his cell phone. And <laughs> that's the only reason. What do you mean? Like you, you were sitting on the toilet, like wait, talking to the guy while he's taking a shower? No, no, no. I wasn't taking a. Sh- I was not taking a shower with him. Oh, okay. I I was sitting on the toilet while he was taking a shower. Right, talking to him I while was- he's showering. That was not happening. Oh, okay. It would be funny if that was happening. Mm. No, Keith takes a shower. He he finishes the shower. He okay. turns the water off. He dries his body off. He puts mm. clothes on. And then he comes out and sits in my living room while I'm working. Okay. And he charges his phone. That was gotcha. the basic narrative. And okay. that completely changed the course of my career. <laughs> No, what happened is Keith started saying, and I don't mean, I don't mean to th- throw Keith under the bus, but you know what the truth is? No one knows his last name, and I don't think he's ever going to listen to this. Keith mm. started saying something that really convicted me. Keith said um, that, and, and I, you know, I was trying to be encouraging. I was trying to just kind of listen to his story. But basically he said something to the effect of like, you know, I'm not worried about this because God promised me that I'm going to be rich and that I'm going to have two kids and I'm going to have a big house in the mountains. And I was thinking, man, I really hope that happens. God gave me those things minus the money. Sorry, bro. (laughs) I just think I was sitting there thinking, this is Keith from Chattanooga, by the way. You remember that? Um, Oh, I do. I was sitting there thinking, I'm living in your house, Keith. Yeah, exactly. Well, John, that's a little mean. (laughs) 
It's kind of dark. <laughs> that is very dark. Keith's not a bad guy, but I was sitting there thinking, Keith, I don't know if God promised you those things. Like, hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not saying How he was didn't. he so sure? You know, he was very vague. I think okay. it's a coping mechanism of some kind. But the point is, it struck me as, does this guy deserve... Does as a human being, does he deserve like a better situation than he has now? Yes. Yes. Um, does he deserve extreme wealth and a family and a really great business that he owns and a house in the mountains? I don't know if anyone deserves that. I think it's mm. lovely when people achieve those things, but I don't know if anyone is entitled to those things. And it started to convict me. I'm being that guy. I'm saying. God promised me, big, yeah. or I deserve this big opportunity. I'm the next Quentin Tarantino. I'm the next P.T. Anderson. And I started, I think, I, I think I started with the idea that, like, I shouldn't assume that I could never be the next Quentin Tarantino or the next P.T. Anderson. But there's also absolutely no reason to assume that I am the next Quentin. Like, it's, sure. I just don't know. And what I don't want to do is artificially or unnecessarily close off opportunities. But that's really, really different. Staying open to what might happen is really different than throwing away an opportunity that's directly in front of me in Uh order to bet on the fact that I am, in fact, the next. Which I don't know that I ever quite believe that, but I do think it got a little bit away from, like, me asking questions and into territory of me being like, this script is good, damn it, and I deserve the best opportunities. And if I don't get the best opportunities, I'm not making it. And I think for a while I was like, you know what? I can live with not making this movie, right? I thought genuinely, if if I can live without making this movie, I don't know that I should make it. And I do still stand by that. But mm. as I started to see that timeline slip away and the path towards production get fuzzier and fuzzier and longer and longer, it was then 1130 at night. I had had these conversations with Tiffany and Tara. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting on the couch listening to music. And it struck me. 30 minutes before my self-imposed deadline, I'm making a huge mistake. This is the worst idea. I'm glad that I explored these possibilities, but I absolutely, under no circumstances, should try to 10x this budget or whatever. That makes no sense. I need to just figure out what exactly I actually do need Mm, to take the movie. Because I will say, I do think I was onto something. I think making the movie exactly as planned was not going to work quite at the level that I wanted it to work. But I don't think that I'm 10x away from where I need to be. I think I'm at like an incremental upgrade of one or two particular pieces of the project and everything else can stay exactly the same and I can make the movie that I am thrilled to make, the one that I've been pitching everybody, the one that everyone's getting excited about. So that's where I'm at. I tried to stop you. I'm glad I didn't, but I just want to, for anybody listening, the reason regardless of the truth or falseness of your earlier statements about you being like, you know, am I the next PT Anderson, whatever the fact that you allow yourself to think like that and you Mm -hmm. operate under those assumptions, it is the reason why you're in the position you are right now. Hmm. And if anybody in a, in a great way, like your mindset that like, I'm not going to say I'm not the next PT Anderson, dude, Mm. most kids, most people, um, would never think or say that or act like that, you know? Right. And that's a big jump for me. I mean, I think that's part of why it felt so good maybe to follow that train of thought is because I'm normally just racked with self-doubt and mm-hmm. 
so the, the, the fact that I began to get a taste for like, you know, people like this shit. Mm-hmm. That felt really good. Right. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. Like that felt really good. And we've talked about this before, but I think that also was part of the wake up call is realizing like, I don't want to become an entitled guy. And, and you're right mm-hmm. though. Like we talked about this last episode, there is a point where you have to be like, you know what? Maybe I am good enough yeah. to do something exceptional, but there's a really big difference between that and, and, you know, throwing away opportunities in, in favor of, of unexpected ones. Because here's the other thing. I, I genuinely believe that I have more good movies in me. And so I'm not, I still stand by the fact that like, I would not make rollers if I felt like it was going to be mediocre. I would, I would walk away before I did that. Sure. But I genuinely am as or more excited than I've ever been to make rollers because I started to see in a very practical way, the path towards where I think it needs to be, you know? Hmm. But anyway, so you were yeah, you were saying something nice about me, and I interrupted you probably because I am in, insecure. But oh you can continue no, well, to, to it's talk less. I think it's less nice about. I mean, it is incidentally nice about you because sure. it's you. But I think it's like advice for people. Hmm. Like, don't you know? If you don't think that way, how can you accomplish great things? If you don't mm-hmm. think that you're great, or you at least have the capacity to be great, mm-hmm. you're never gonna try and do things that are difficult or uh aspirational so i just want to pause on that for like i think it's an important thing because i imagine that people are like i'm good at something but i'm not getting anywhere you know like i'm sure there's a guy who's an insane script writer out there like living in omaha with a stack of scripts under his bed that would just blow people away but people will never see them right right Come on, bro. Yeah. Get those scripts out, son. Well, and I think that's what I had to get over is like, you, you brought this up. I think you were wise, and I think a few other people said the same thing. Like, if the part, I think, okay, so part of what got me excited is thinking if I can make this movie for a small budget, then if I have more resources, then it could become even better. Because mm-hmm. normally what I'm dealing with when I'm looking at producing projects is. This really needs X number of dollars, but we're going to do one third of X and try to make it work, right? Hmm. And so there's something really invigorating about looking at this needs X number of dollars, but what if we had two X to make every single element of it better? That's a cool, compelling opportunity, right? Right. But I don't have that opportunity right in front of me, you know? And I think I... Yeah, to some extent, I think I have to believe that, you know, Tara's been saying from the beginning, um, you just have to, you just have to be willing to ask for stuff. You know, you still, you just have to be willing to trust people and collaborate. And I think you're right. I mean, I even think that way about actors. Part of me is like, I want to just find people who are already discovered and who already have big giant followings. But then there's also part of me, it's like, how fun would it be to find the actor version in some cases of the, of the writer that you just described, you know, the guy Mm -hmm. with amazing scripts under his desk who has been, maybe has been putting themselves out there, but ultimately just hasn't had a chance to show the world what they're capable of. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the beauty of this size of a film, right? Is to find an actor. Like when you're watching a movie Lady Bird, for instance, you know, Mm. that's a, even a slightly bigger budget, but they're essentially Mm -hmm. pulling, for the most part, you know, three quarters of the cast are unknowns. 
And I mean, Sir Ronan's pretty big, but yeah, like everybody else, like everybody um, else, the mom, Laurie Metcalf oh, what's her is name? famous. Uh, yeah, but like but she's also everybody but, else. Is yeah, everybody an, else is, is pretty not famous. And you know who I really loved? She's one of my favorite characters in that movie. Is um, oh, what's her friend? Yeah, her her buddy, the girl, the like pretty one. Not the not the like snooty one. Um, yeah, yeah, the friend that, that she goes to prom with. She's so good. She's right. I think she's. I want to find her name because she's she's amazing, dude. Even her like pretty friend, the girl, the actress was pretty she's good. She's really good, and the yeah. character was surprisingly complex. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that movie was good. But the point is, seeing those characters. And oh, no- Beanie Feldstein, duh. Uh, okay, got Beanie. Yeah. Shout out to Beanie. Beanie. It's exciting in a way when you watch small budget movies to feel like you're discovering new talent too. Mm. people you've never seen that are really good if the movie's good mm. and if they're good. Um, and, you know, and that really does get harder the bigger the movie gets because you have to find people who have uh, established worth at the box office, you know, mm-hmm. and right. Yeah, no, I think that's a really compelling argument, and I'm I I really can say I mean I feel like I was kind of I, I think my energy during the last episode was very much uh, kind of shitting on the the small version of the movie, and I think I I don't know that I regret it because again I think had I not allowed myself to go through that thought process, I think I would have regretted it because I would have never actually stared down the path long enough to know what I was up against, you know, and, and, and I will say that was all I ever really wanted to do, but I do think I got very close to sort of getting drawn by that sort of siren song of fame and, you know, the immediate jumping 17 levels through Hollywood, uh, sort of whatever, which is just not real in a way. I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen, but it's right. It doesn't happen just because you think it might happen. It happens when it happens there's no way to game game that and even you know we read through a list of 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 big directors and their first movies and i think part of what i needed to do was was also be like you know but also who else do i love you know and how much did those movies cost you know like i I think i kind of created a little bit of a selective narrative there where i was like well yeah the coen brothers their first movie is expensive well that's partly because indie film didn't really exist in the same capacity that it does now right and there were no digital cameras and all that kind of stuff although i'm still very much one of the things i i I have decided is like i kind of do want to shoot this thing on film um and that's one of those compromises where i'm like you know it's going to cost more money but i want to at least go down that path a little bit and see if it it works and how much does that add cost wise well well it just it really just depends on what you're comparing it to, you know, like if you can get somebody who has a camera and wants to donate it for free, like a digital camera, that's fine. But I mean, part of it, it just depends. I mean, basically the difference is, um, you've got to buy the film stock, you've got to have it processed, but otherwise, um, you know, the actual rental of the camera is probably cheaper than a digital camera. Mm -hmm. Um, the film stock is not excessively expensive. It's, it's really just, let, let's say you 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 um you rent a digital package at a standard rate and you get a film package at a standard rate. In both cases, we're going to be trying to find people who are excited about the movie and want to help us out and you know all that kind of stuff. Sure. But I would say a movie this size, where I'm I'm going to have a pretty what's called a shooting ratio, which is basically how much film or how many minutes of footage you get versus how many minutes of the film actually make the cut. 
um, I will have probably a lower shooting ratio than a lot of bigger famous directors, partly because I have to and partly because I'm a pretty efficient director. I don't like to do things like 40 times. You know, I'm not like a David Fincher type where I'm just like, we'll do it over and over and over. I, I like to kind of rehearse things a little bit beforehand and then get more spontaneous kind of takes. So anyway, point is they can be pretty comparable, you know, and then it really just depends on which favors can you call in, mm-hmm, you know, sure. and, but again, I'm like, even if it costs more, uh, part of what I started to realize is whether I shoot film or digital, there's a specific type of lenses that I, we talked about this anamorphic lenses, and there's only so many places that rent out really high quality sets of really good anamorphic lenses that fit the characteristics that I'm looking for. And you got to pay for them. So I started realizing like, you know what, like that's the kind of stuff I'm willing to pay for. But also if I can find money somewhere else, like if I can find some lady to do catering for cheap and I can find some other guy to contribute X, Y, and Z, you just have to start putting it together like a puzzle. And I think I just had to get geared up for that. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's I'm pumped though, that's man. I'm the like thrill of the independent movie, man. That's yeah. The, I had a book when I was in college, and it was called like uh, making an independent movie for ten thousand dollars or something like mm. that. You know, mm-hmm. and um, just the excitement, you know, felt like guerrilla filmmaking. You're just like mm-hmm. calling your pals, and obviously, it's not on that scale, but yeah, it that there is an excitement to that. You know, and we talked totally. last time about how do you capture an emotion on film after it's been so long and gone through this tedious process. And I possibly it's the way you actually conduct the film shoot. Mm. Yeah. That's something I'm actually really excited to talk to talk about as we get closer. I'm already sort of, I've got a notebook, you know, and I'm already sort of jotting down ideas about things that I want to do to sort of create company culture, which is not something people talk a lot about with movies because everyone's a freelancer, they pop in and out, they do blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not like a startup culture. But if you do a good job building that, um, it makes all the difference, you know, because everyone's comfortable with each other and they, they can ask for help and um, everyone feels comfortable sort of pointing out things that they think could be better and all that kind of stuff. And And there are ways to do that. Like, for instance, I'm amazed at how often I'm on set, whether it's a commercial or feature, and it's just quiet all the time you mm-hmm. know and there's yeah. no like everybody's just standing around. i'm like why can't we just like play some music while the while grip and electric is spending 35 minutes setting this thing up like th- there's just things like that where every director has their own preferences but i'm like let's hang out like let's watch some movies together like let's have somebody come and you know do like yoga or something on like a friday morning if we have like a really late call you know I don't know. I'm just like brainstorming ideas where I'm like, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like I get to invent that a little bit. You know what I mean? I get to sort of decide how, how I want this shoot to be run. And you're right. I mean, I think there's something more accessible about that doing it my way with less money because there's less people breathing down my neck. There's less sort of standard things that you're just supposed to do just because you're supposed to do them that way. Um, there's just no one way to do anything. And I think I got maybe a little starstruck or a little bit sort of nervous about doing things my way instead of doing it the way that it feels like the system would want me to do it. And I'm like, that's dumb actually. Cause the yeah, only boy. reason I'm in the position I'm in is cause I've done it my way. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Where's Frank? 
Frank Sinatra, baby. You got to go see this movie, <laughs> my dude. I did it my way. Boom. That's my favorite song to do it, karaoke. It's a great That's song. In the wrong key, it's though. so it's, it's a, a really great song. Wow. I'm going to end this episode with that song. You should, dude. Those lyrics are deep. Um yeah, well, this is exciting because it sounds mistakes. I've had a few. It's a it's right, a sorry, interesting middle ground that you're picking because you, the reason that I hoped that you would do it now was basically mm. for all the reasons that we're talking about. You know, the idea of you doing it your way, it not being some like Hollywood bullshit thing that you're mm-hmm. trying. You know, you're getting trailers for everybody because that's what everybody does now. Mm-hmm. You know, getting like the perfect soundtrack instead of having to dig more and work harder. Mm-hmm. And find some gritty garage band find from some Seattle who just stuff. Yeah, freaking exactly. kills. Yeah, right. Exactly. Instead of like getting you know Lady Gaga on it, big yeah. deal. Like that's that's putting uh, you know nice vestments on something mm-hmm. just for the sake of that. I want to see well, like and, a and real think... gritty artistic statement mm. from somebody, not some like Hollywood thing wrapped up. Dang, John! Boom! Go see that a gets star me is born, jacked, people. baby. That gets me so jacked. I hope it's good, my dude. But I like this because it sounds like these gals talk some sense into you in the sense that they're like, dude, don't inflate it. You just need these few things to make it better, and let's uh, do it your way. I like that. Yeah. No, totally. And the crazy thing is is that – like let's say we increase the budget by 10 or 20% even. Yeah. Um. I can make those calls very quickly. You know, like that's not like a major hurdle. Sure. And honestly, 20% is about the extent of what, if I got everything I want within reason, within this version of the movie, if I got everything I want, that's about all I'd have to really increase the budget by. Now, again, I I think I needed still to go down that path. You know, I think I really needed to do that because now, and I said this, you know, on the record, I, I, I needed to go down that path so that I don't question myself, you know, because I tend to repress things and then I always wonder. And I think in this case, I don't care now how this movie turns out. I mean, I care, but I don't, the way this movie turns out has no, I will not have regrets at this point. You know, I will, I will have to live with whatever it is. And if it's, amazing and no one sees it i will know that i made that decision knowingly and it's 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 worth it and if if i do not succeed creatively um i can live with that now because i i know what i'm doing i'm not doing it as sort of this like forced compromise i'm actually choosing this i saw the movie i saw a different version of my future where i made the movie in two years and that's fine, but also I don't, you know, I, I don't want to wait that long. Nah. You know, like I think there, I mean, I just don't want to. And I think I needed to realize how bad I want it. I mean, it's sort of like when you're in a relationship with somebody, you, you kind of got to almost break, you got to like start talking about breaking up before you can. And, and if you repress that completely, then it's just never going to come up and you're never going to resolve your issues. And you're just going to stay together until eventually it's impossible to be together anymore. Yeah. Speaking of music, you know, there's one artist named Ron Gallo, who's this amazing independent kind of rock musician guy. Um, he says, you and I, baby, we said we'd share a grave. I didn't realize so soon. And he's talking about like sleeping in bed with her. And he's like, he's like, we're living together, but I hate you and I can't express it. 
and it keeps me at the convenience store longer because I don't want to come home. And I'm just like, I wish I could remember the actual lyrics, but Dang. it's just, Run. it's freaking dark. But it's true because like that passive aggressive resentment is what I was beginning to feel towards rollers. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, I have to either resolve this issue or I have to stop and I have to blow it up. But I can't go on acting like nothing is wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like a million bucks. I feel like I hit that point where I was like, this is untenable. How do I fix it? And I went through that, that pro- those paces. And, and, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm more excited than I've ever been. And I feel confident that I can make a truly exciting, fresh, different, gritty, unique piece of art with the money that I have and in and, and a slight, slight bit more. So I, I love it. Okay. Two quick, maybe closing or potentially closing questions. One. Sure. Tell me percentage wise what you hope to, I mean, I'm sure all this needs to be figured out still, but what kind of percentages are we talking about? You got X amount now. How much are you trying to increase it by? 20%? Uh, yeah, between 10 and 20. And that's, that seems extremely doable, right? It's very doable because the original amount is not super, super, super big, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Sure. And, um, yeah, and, and, and there are people who are interested in the project who I have not yet sort of tapped um, financially speaking. And, and there's absolutely a path towards getting that money. Come and some of that is Atlanta. also just getting creative. Well, see, we're below the, yeah, the, um, Come it's on, tricky Atlanta. with tax credits. But, but here's the thing. The, yeah, so not a major, major increase. And also there are other creative things I can do. Like I'm about to start sort of targeting different brands because there's a lot of opportunities for really, you uh, really like authentic kind of product placement. You know, like they drink whiskey, they drink beer, you know, things like that where I'm like, Maybe we can start getting some stuff for free, and that saves money that I can put into X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there are ways to just get creative. It's like Big Kahuna Burger in uh, Pulp Fiction. Exactly. It's like, that's the opposite. Uh, Yeah, that's a great idea. So the guy will be, like, constantly drinking Pepsis. Well, it's not going to be quite that obvious. It's it's, But, you know, there are things where I'm like, if I can either get something for free or provide some product photography or whatever, maybe I can get a teeny tiny bit of cash. We'll see. I mean, it, my point is, or like you said with music, if I just dig a little harder and find some indie musician who's pumped to have his, his or her song included in this movie, um, then I can use the amount of money that I was going to use for licensing for that particular song in something else that I can't get for free. You know, so it's just, it's, it's a matter of putting more sweat equity into it. When I was in high school, I wrote yeah. to uh, I was in I wrote for the high school newspaper f- for like ten minutes until they mm-hmm. told me I couldn't anymore. Uh, but I wrote to Herbalizer, which was like this mm. underground, you know, hip hop thing back in the day. And yeah, I was like, "Yo, uh, can I interview? <laughs> can I interview you?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, sweet." You know, they're just like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." You know, yeah, and it was know. like people the are actually a guy. I, you do the same yeah. thing with music, like call up some well, dude and be like, yo, totally. Well, there's actually a line in rollers where Jane says to Ruth, he's like, how's tour, you know? And she's like, yeah, it's been really good. She's like, it's weird. You know, the deeper you get into the industry, you realize that all the people that you thought were just crushing it are still like sleeping in their vans, you know? Mm. And it's and I see that in the indie film world too. I'm like, wow, I thought you were like the pin. And honestly, people say that they're like, oh my gosh, you've had a movie at Sundance. And I'm like, that doesn't mean I make money on these things. You know what I mean? Like I'm still hustling my 
butt off. Dude, David Lynch is a is a bagger at the Food City down the street here. It's crazy. <laughs> Get out of here. I got to come see him. It's nuts, man. What days does he work? Tuesdays. Just Tuesdays. He, he works at that crappy Food City on Brainerd Road. And they closed it down, but yeah. So he transferred. He, he's That's, gone. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Greener pastures. Oh, the man. the grocery stores down here, like up north, they have like terrible names, but they're all mm. not. They're all really nice. Mm-hmm. Down, I mean, it's like just, um like like Harris Teeter. Harris I Teeter. Don't think so. That's like a North Carolina thing, but like a Wegmans. You've I got don't think so. Wegmans up north. It's ugh, like, ugh, but they're ugh. dude. They're pristine. They're gorgeous. It's like mm-hmm. I, Wegmans is fancy. It, is it fancy? It's uh, it's not fancy, but it's. It's it's like they're nice, real nice, dude. Go yeah. to it's a gro- like Publix. You've lived here, you know what the grocery stores like the not nice ones are. <laughs> oh, foods. It, you know what we call it? Food shitty. Food shitty, baby. Win Dixie. I mean, come on. Yikes. If you got the, the pickle, name, like what, what, like the pickle pig. <laughs> yeah, piggly. Going wiggly. down to the pickle pig, piggly wiggly. We Ugh. got a piggly wiggly. That's uh, Florida is a piggly wiggly. They're we bringing the piggly wiggly in. Going down down to piggly wiggly. It's, they have it so you can. We are so classes. Say the name with if you have no teeth. <laughs> Pegla, what, did I say, what did I just say about being classes? Yeah, well, oh boy, that's um, Florida, man. John. Well, this has been this has been a real. You didn't let me now. ask my second question. So oh, we got oh, the budget. What is it? What is it? The what second is question okay. is when when is this happening? February fourth. So you're, this date's on, dude. I think so. Dude, I, if and, so if not, not February fourth. Wait a second. Wait a if second. If not February fourth, I'm thinking maybe January twenty second. Push it for earlier? Yeah, baby. Dude, okay, listen. I'm ambitious. Once I'm telling you, yes, John, that's once I, I put my mind to something, I don't F around, baby. Dude, you that's just why, told me though that that's you why I had to No, but that's why I had to go through this process is because I needed to go through this process so that I can now today hit the ground running so hard without yes. questioning myself. Yes. And I'm there, baby. I am making this move. I don't care if the stock market goes to literally zero, I'm going to figure out a way to make this movie. Well, you already got the money, so. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, if anything, people are like, can I be in your movie? I'm broke. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, since you Ooh, already have the Bradley. money. Bradley. Oh, yeah, exactly. Bradley's Bradley so might screwed. call. Yeah. Well, un- until he calls, then I'll redo his career. Everybody right, go so see what, a star you- is born. So that was your second question. Well, that was my second question. And you know what, dude? I told you at mm-hmm. the outset of this episode, I hoped mm-hmm. that you would say you were going to do it now, mm-hmm. which you mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I mean, the budget thing, I don't give a rip if you increase the budget 20%. That's nothing. I mean, not, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not nothing, but it's not. Well, but it's not worth blowing the movie up. It's over. not you holding out for two million bucks so you can get Kanye on the soundtrack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're doing totally. it the right way. You're doing originally what you set out to do. Except with yep. a little bit more money. That sounds great. I agree. I'm could not be more excited about it. Dude, um, it's sick. Now I want to so, read rollers. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna send it to you. Now I, I want to. I just want to see it. Okay. I want right. to walk out. I'm not even gonna speak to you. I'm just gonna walk out of the theater. I'm gonna ha- have my mm. iPhone pointed at my face, and we'll just do a little live reaction, and I'll send. Oh it to man, you. John. You know what would be really fun one day though, if if uh, you know we're like. 90 100 episodes deep in this in this podcast mm. i've collected all my winnings from our off-track betting about whether we make it to 100 or not <laughs> and you are you know you're you're sitting there we're at some major film festival i don't know which one 
but I hope I get into one of them. And we do a live episode of this show. Oh, that'd be sick. I'll How be there. How fun would that be, baby? With our cast. Oh, I have everybody oh. listening just rolled their eyes. It's not about you people. It's about us. Yeah. Oh, no. This, is, this show has always been about us. Anyone who thinks differently is <laughs> out of their minds. Yeah, go listen this to Dan me. Garland. We're out of here. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> why are people not listening to Dan Carlin? He's he doesn't put you. any more episodes out. He hasn't done anything. Or is he just time. on a hiatus? I don't know. How would you know, know if he... that guy died? You wouldn't. You wouldn't, right? You know when a rapper, no. like when one of these little SoundCloud rappers dies, mm-hmm. shout out to Lil Peep, uh, mm-hmm. somebody like their mom will take over. You know, or their manager, or somebody, depending on how famous they are, and will post. Mm-hmm. You know, the post after they die. Mm. Like, yo, that's uh, sad. Triple X, nasty dog, misses all his fans, and you know, the guy died from like codeine overdose or whatever, which is sad. I'm not making light. Yeah, of it. it's horrifying because that's an actual person. You know, it doesn't matter if he has face tattoos. That's somebody's baby. Right. That's somebody. That, no, like somebody sure. breastfed that little rapper. You know, that's insane. That's no, really I know. Sad. It's really, really sad. But anyway, it's always creepy to see the next day, like, you see somebody, some rapper died, and then you go look at their Instagram page, and it's like, Lil Peep's gonna miss you guys. Sad, yeah. Stay off that lean, kids. Yeah, no joke. All right, John, on that delightful... Proud of you, dog. I'm proud of you for real. Hey, thanks, John. This is exciting. I really appreciate that. I'm excited. Um... Yeah, we're going to close this bad boy out with a little Frank Sinatra. Oh, baby, go see A Star is Born. Uncle Zay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Too few to mention. I it's official, guys. Mission accomplished. I am back on track. I have a great game plan. I'm pumped about it. And there's no turning back now. I'm doing it my way, baby. I know the name of the show is I Guess We'll Do It That Way. But this time, that way is my way. Thanks, Frank. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Isaiah Smallman, executive producer John Schimpf. Intro music is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro music this week is My Way by the great Frank Sinatra. We might have to use this song every week. I can't think of a song more on topic for us. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. And thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the Yeah, boy.